Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand for His goodness and His mercy endureth forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. It, you know, one of the most difficult things in traveling uh, for me is uh, to know what I'm supposed to minister on in a particular place. Sometimes preachers, will tell, pastors will tell me what they need for me to do, and of course, I'm always so obedient to do that. And But uh, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. I plugged in where Pastor Brett's been ministering on Wednesday night service that it is time. It's our time. Amen. Everybody say it loud. It's my time. You got to get a hold of that. Man, it is my time. It is my time for a breakthrough. It's my time to step up and step out. It's my time to see God do things that we've only heard about in times past. It is our time. Amen. And but but and then I knew, I knew in my heart exactly what I was supposed to do in our Sunday morning service. And, and, and I have fought God. I don't know if you've ever done that. If, you've, if you, the Lord, you know the Lord wants you to go one way, but you keep wanting to go the other way. You keep wanting to take another route. You keep wanting to, to say something different. And I, I've wrestled God up until yesterday, and I said, Lord, I won't wrestle you no more about this because it's none of my business just to do your business, just fulfill what you tell me to do. And so today I'm going to talk about parenting. I'm going to talk about parenting. You know, next Sunday is Father's Day. God bless all the dads. A month ago it was Mother's Day, and everybody said, God bless all the moms. Oh, that is so pitiful. Let's say it again. God bless all the moms. Amen. And but but I I want you to see this message more than just just you. You may be in your season of life that you're no longer just a dad or a mom. You're a grandparent. I want you to see how important this message is for you. I'm in fact, you know, in in, in the in the history of America, there's never been a time like this. There are more grandparents raising their grandchildren than ever before. That that is a a a, a, a true number. A, a statistic that's true in America today. And you know what? Many of those represent people in the church. I hardly ever go to a church that they're not grandfathers and grandmothers that are raising their grandchildren. My own dad raised my, my, my uh, sister's daughter. And, and so we know something about this. And, but you know what? That when we talk about parenting, we're the church. But we're not just the church. We are family. Let me say that again. We are family. And family is responsible for one another. Family is to minister to each other. Family is to help one another. Family is, is to be, listen, to be connected at the hip, so to speak. That I won't forsake you. I will help you. I will not hurt you. That's not my intent for life. But God is, is put within me a desire to love you, to minister to you. And it may be correction. It may be discipline. But it will be with the intent that I want to help you. Can I have a good amen? And so I want you to see this morning that today's message is not just about a young dad. 
or a young mom because I'm not leaving any of those out. I want to include all of those. It's so important that they hear what I say today. But it's so important that each of us see that, you know what, we're still in the parenting mode. We're still in the training mode. We're still in the teaching mode. We're still in the, the correcting and the discipline mode. I don't care if you're, you're, if you're 25 or if you're 55 or 75 in here, that you still have a responsibility. You're going to see it through Scripture. You still have a responsibility to the family to not only nurture, but have admonition for one another. Can I have a good amen? amen. And so I want to do that. Before I do that, I always have people ask me to share a funny. So I want to share a funny before I do uh, this one was given to me by one of the teenagers, like a lot of them in my church. It says an elderly couple were celebrating their 60th anniversary. They had married as childhood sweethearts and had moved back to their old neighborhood as they, after they retired. Holding hands, they walked to their old school. It was not locked, so they entered and found the desk where they had shared, where Andy had carved, I love Sally. Oh, I like that. On their way back home, a bag of money fell out of an armored car, practically landing at their feet. Sally quickly picked it up, of course, but not sure what to do with it, so they took it home. Then she counted the money, $50,000. Andy said, you know we've got to give it back. Sally said, finders keepers, losers weepers. And she put the money back in, back in the bag and hid it in the attic. The next day, two FBI men were canvassing the neighborhood looking for the money and knocked on their door. They asked, did either of you find a bag that fell out of an armored car yesterday? Sally said, no. No. Andy said, she's lying. <laughs> she, she hid it up in the attic. Sally said, don't believe him. He's getting senile. The agents turned to Andy and began to question him. One says, tell us the story from the beginning. Andy says, well, when Sally and I were walking home from school yesterday, <laughs> the FBI <laughs> agent uh, turns to his partner and says, let's get out of here, Joe. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think that's cute. This is so familiar, this scripture to all of us, and especially in our lives of instruction from the Lord in parenting. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, children, obey parents in the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I want you to turn around a couple of people, and I want you to tell them this, just do right. Oh, come on now. Turn around to two or three more people and just say, just do right. You know, it's so important that we hear that. You know what? That God's given us instruction. This is not, this is not a request. This is a commandment from the Lord. And, you know, the, the definition of command is about which there is no retreat from which there is no option. There's no option about this. If it's going to be well with you, you've got to be obedient to the commands of the Lord. Amen? There's not an option, that, there's not an option out of this. He said, children, obey your parents. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So everybody shout it out loud to me. Just do right. The very next verse says honor. Honor is so important. 
Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. There are rewards and benefits for doing right. There is a blessing for doing right. This is the first commandment with promise. That verse 3, that it may be well with thee. I love the story about the Samaritan, uh, uh, the, the Shunanite mother that, that made her husband build a, a, a bedroom off of their house so the prophet of God, when he was passing through, he would be able to stay. And in their process, they became friends, and they shared. And he asked them, anything you want, just ask, just let me know, because I will tell the Lord, and we'll believe together. And you know what happened? She believed for a son, and she got a son. But you know what? The son went off working with the dad one day, and he got a heat stroke, and he fell out there. And he said, bring, he told his servants, he didn't even do it. He, he said to his servants, bring my, the son back to mom. Everybody say, bring it back to mom. Isn't that, isn't that familiar today? Bring it back to mom. Bring this problem to mom. Mama handle it. Mama correct it. Mama take care of it. Bring it back to mom. And what did she say? She says, get me a pony, man. I've got to get to the prophet of God. When, when she was afar off, he sent his, his servant out, and he said, ask her these three things. Is it well with you? Is it well with your son? And is it well with your husband? The scripture says it'll be well with you if you'll honor your father and mother. If you'll honor the teachers and preachers. If you'll honor the prophets of God, it will be well with you. Can I have a better amen than that? The Bible says there's many instructors, but there are few fathers. We need the men of God to step up and stand up and stand tall and proud and courageous and bold and brave, but stand in such a way that we communicate with our attitude, with our action, with our words and thoughts that, listen, that if we honor one another, it will be well with our families. Amen? And he said, and you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Colossians has a scripture that's much like this. And it literally says, that, listen, our children need as many compliments as they do correction. Let me say it again. Our children, and we're all children. You know what? I need as many compliments as I need correction. My family needs as many compliments as they need correction. In fact, I don't know about you, but my family needs more encouragement than they do me disciplining them or trying to correct them. Hello. So it's so important that we understand we need both, but we need to compliment. We need to exhort. We need to encourage one another. And so he said, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up. Bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. You know, most of us don't even know what those two words mean. It's so important to what I'm fixing to say. I'm going to give you about five, six, seven things, I think, that, that God wants every one of us as parents, as children of the Lord, that we will do in the area of parenting. And so I put them all with peace so it would be easy for me to remember and hopefully for you to write down. But just write this one down. Parenting requires two things. It requires nurture and admonition. It requires two things, nurture and admonition. If it requires those two things, it's very important that we know what they are. 
The word nurture means education by implication or by discipline or by punishment. It means to chasten, to instruct. It means to learn and teach education and training by implication or disciplinary correction. You know what this does? I'm going to tell you the number one thing this does. It brings stability and it builds character in the family of God. Nurturing someone, listen, bringing, sharing compliments, but giving them, listen, an encouragement, but giving them, listen, discipline and correction and letting them know this is not right, this is wrong, this, that we shouldn't do this. And, and, and because of that, it was stills inside them. Now, it's not just telling them something. It's living it in front of them in such a way that they model, literally mimic what you do. Can I have a better amen? When, as a young man, I used to uh, coach baseball. And we, and we coached Little League. And, and we co- coached the little bitty guys in the Little League and Pony League. It got in even to the, some larger areas. And, and, but I loved doing it. But I realized then that it wasn't enough just to tell them. You had to show them. You had to show them how to catch the ball. You had to show them how to hold the bat. You had to show them about bat swing. You had to show them how to run the bases, how to slide. You would think that, you know, you just telling them and correcting them when they did it wrong, that it was enough, but it wasn't enough. They needed to hear it, but they needed to see it. Let me tell you something. Our kids today, they not only need to hear it, but they need to see it. And one of the things we got to be careful about is that we don't send conflicting and confusing messages, that we say one thing and we do another. That was a good one. And the church is full of that. We're telling them to go to church when we don't go to church. We're telling them don't smoke when while we're smoking. We're telling them to do this and while we're not doing that or when we're doing that, and we're telling them not to do it. Can I have a good amen? And we've got to get, listen, we've got to get to the place that, listen, that we're going to do what God says. We're going to be people of honor, and we're going to honor one another. And in doing so, we're going to honor those that we're instructing in the way of the Lord. We're going to train them, teach them. We're going to discipline them. But we're going to do it not just by word only. We're going to do it with attitude and action so they can see it. And everybody said yes and amen. The next part of parenting requires this. It requires nurture, but it requires admonition. Admonition, by definition, is a calling to attention. You got to get their attention. Calling to attention, it means a mild rebuke, but a warning. It means a mild rebuke, but a warning. This deal was the intellect of a child, the mind of a child. It deals with the divine or the human thought patterns of a child. And it, listen, it literally it puts in place where that, that we tell them that if you continue to do this, the consequences thereof is going to be this. <clears throat> you know, we have not trained the generations from one generation to the other. And listen, history has proven it that we, we lose more character and integrity from one generation to the other, not just because of the lack of nurture, 
pretty much that's in place. But this one's not. We have not forewarned the next generation that if you will not be honorable, you will be dishonorable, and you will do these things, and it will not be well with you, and you will bring shame and reproach, not only the King of kings, the Lord of lords, but upon your dad and upon your mom. There's very little discipline in the family unit today. While there's so many scriptures, listen to this scripture, Proverbs 13, 24. I'm sure you never heard it before. He that spareth this rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him many times. My dad and mom loved me dearly. They wore my behind out. Listen to this one, Proverbs 17, 17, 25. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. I mean, it breaks a dad and mom's heart when we're disobedient, when we're dishonorable, when we lack no character, when we've done our best as parenting, but yet now our children, listen, they, they, they have grown up another way. Their bent is totally different. Proverbs 22, verse 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from them. One little, one small boy, five or six years old, he told me the other day, he said, my mom just liked to kill me after you preached that. I said, how so? She said, she got a switch. I didn't even know what a switch was. No, I knew what she was. He did not know. She said, I didn't even know what a switch was. But he said, she liked to kill me. Please, pastor, don't preach any more messages like this. <laughs> she was doing both nurture and admonition. She was called for a warning. If you keep this up, Something bad's going to happen. You're going to feel it. Amen? Amen. And listen, Proverbs 23, 13, 14. Withhold not corruption, cor correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. He may think he is, but he won't. <laughs> Come on now. Thou shalt beat him with a rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. Now, I'm not, I'm not communicating that you beat your child, but I am telling you, wear that behind out. Don't beat him in the head. Don't beat him around the shoulders and such. But listen, God's made that really fluffy. I'm not going to show you mine. Mine's flat. Because my daddy made it flat. I'm sure there was more padding back there at one time. And speaking of my daddy, listen, when, when I grew up, I mean, I, when I was, listen, I, I wrote it down because I didn't want to mess up on this one. When I, when I was a, a, a small boy, the age of four, my daddy, he could do anything. When I was eight years old, my dad knew a whole lot. I mean a whole lot. When I was 12 years old, my father uh, uh, doesn't, I, my thoughts was my father doesn't really know quite everything. When I was 14 years old, naturally, dad doesn't know anything about that. When I was 16 years old, my dad... He's hopelessly old-fashioned. When I was 18 years old, that old man, that's who he became. And he was way out of date. When I was 25 years old, well, he might have known a little bit, but not anymore. But when I got 30 years old, he got smarter. Hello. He, he's smarter than he used to be. When I was 35, before we decide, honey, let's go see what dad thinks about that. When I was 50, I said, I wonder what dad would say about that. And when I was 65, I wish I could talk to dad. 
Hello? That's so important. What does that have to deal with? There's only two things, nurture and admonition. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 6. You know, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 20, talks about the Ten Commandments, and that Ephesians chapter 6 is where that came from. Deuteronomy chapter 6. It, it divides literally the Ten Commandments in, in the first four uh, commandments is, is about God's authority in your life and God's love for you. That last six has, has to deal with God's transition and transfer of that authority and his love in a parent's life for his family. That authority and love of God that's been transferred you know, and we see it in Matthew. God says this through the writings of Matthew. He says, your number one job is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the second thing you're to do is to love your neighbor, love your kids, love your spouse, love your, your husband, your wife, love your brethren, love the family of God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? And so we've got to have discipline and we've got to have a call for a warning that if you continue this way then there's going to be some problems there's going to be some destruction there's going to be some pain and sorrow there may be a divorce in 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 the future if you don't do something when you're thinking about it right now there may there may be there may be premature death if you don't change your your way of thinking the way of attitude and way of life that that God has put me here to help you as a parent. He's put pastor here as a spiritual father in the house and to minister in such a way. We got a young lady in our church, young couple, precious young couple, just loving young couple. She's lost two babies in this last year. And one of the things she did when she, when she hurt is that she pulled aside because she, she didn't want anybody to see or feel the pain she was going through. But she reached out to, to uh, Pastor Paul. She reached out to me. And because we represented God's fatherhood, we represented that aspect that we will embrace you, we'll encourage you, we will be there with you and for you, we'll cry with you, we'll laugh with you, we'll talk about the good things that God will do one day, but there's another day coming. There's another promise from God that God will bless you, and in the process, in a few months, she's going to have a baby. Did you hear what I said? In a few months, she's going to have a baby. I'm telling you right now, God wants to do some things, but he's going to use those relationships. And understand that without relationships, usually what we have is more rebellion. Come on now. Without the right relationships and family is more. Listen, I'm talking about parenting. I've got five or six things I want to do, but I may stop right here. And it's all about parenting. And understand everyone in this room is responsible for some aspect of it. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God command to teach you that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee and thy son and thy son's son. He says, listen, grandparents. Listen, grandparents. 
If the iniquities can come down to the third and fourth generation, which covers literally 120 to 160 years, then listen, cannot the blessing of the Lord come upon the family of God, the parents of, of God, the spiritual fathers of God, and listen, bless, destroy the curse, and bring the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob upon the family of God? Certainly we can. But we've got to obey the word of God, which I command thee, and thy son and thy son's son. I have as much responsibility for my grandchildren as my son or my daughter does. Amen. According to the word of God. And look what it says. In all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. I don't want my kids dying prematurely. So listen, we've got to raise them up in the admonition of the Lord. Hear therefore, O Israel, or church, observe to do it, that it may be what? well with thee that it may be what well with thee is it well with you father is it well with you mother is it well with you son or daughter it will only be well if we honor if we honor if we honor god and his word and if we honor each other <coughs> he says it will be well with thee that you may increase mightily as the lord god of our fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto the children, and thou shalt talk of them which sittest thou in thine house, and then when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the poles of thine house and upon thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto the fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee a great and goodly city. Listen, what we do in here will affect this community, will affect this city, will affect this state, and ultimately affect this nation and the nations of the world. Amen. 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 And look what it says. And God will do what? Verse 11. He will give us houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, which when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. There, there's such, the next part says, and you cannot forsake or forget that the fear of the Lord has to mark your life. There has to be a reverential fear of the Lord thy God. Amen? And this is all about what? Nurture and admonition. What's this about? This is only for a select group of people, which is us, the family of God. Those that have made a decision, we're going to fulfill our calling for our children, for our children's children, down to the third and fourth generation, that we will do it by doing what? We will teach them. We will train them, not just by words, but by action. And we will call them to a warning, to an admonition, but to a warning that if you will not, these things will happen. <clears throat> Our nation is in the shape that it is in is because that preachers have not stood in pulpits and have not forewarned the family of God. 
have not told the family of God, this is your responsibility. It's not my responsibility as a pastor to raise little Jimmy or little Johnny. It's your responsibility. But God put me here to help you. And as I communicate the word of the Lord to you, then God will help you to do what he's called you to do, what he's commanded you to do. Can I have a better amen than that? We're not shirking our responsibility, but understand we're all in this together. We must all do this together. The breakdown is that there's one here and there's one there and there's one way over yonder that's trying to do this. But understand this. It's going to take a, a, a consistent, man, I, I, one, of, one of my P's is persistence. It's going to take a persistent effort of the body of Christ, the family of God. Listen, to protect. That's one of my P's too. Hallelujah. Listen, I was in a dentist's office not long ago. And I read this, I read this, uh, uh, one of these magazines. I was in there forever waiting for, to get my teeth worked on. And, and uh, I read this little article. And, and uh, I thought it'd be really cute to read today if I can find it. Uh, thank you, Lord. This was written by a nine-year-old girl in the third grade. She starts off with a title, What is a Grandmother? A grandmother is a lady that has no children of her own. That's an interesting definition. She likes other people's little boys and girls. A grandfather is a man-grandmother. Well, of course, you know that. Yeah, right. She goes, with, she goes with walks with the boys, and they talk about fishing and stuff like that. Grandmothers don't have to do anything except to be there. Think about that. They are old, so they shouldn't play hard or run fast. It's enough for them to drive us to the market where the pretend horse is and have lots of dimes ready. Or if they take us for walks, that they should go slow. They should slow down for things like pretty leaves and caterpillars. Usually grandmothers are fat, but not too fat to tie your shoes. They wear, they wear glasses and funny underwear. <laughs> Woo-wee. They... He says they, they, can, <laughs> they can take their teeth and gums off. <laughs> Grandmothers don't have to be smart but answer questions like, how come God isn't married? And how come dogs chase cats? Everybody should have a grandmother, especially if you don't have television. He, he's our final line, because, because they are the only grown-ups that have time. That, listen, that little girl represents America. That represents every household in America. It represents every church. That we are, we are a nation of people that are marked with fatigue and tiredness because we're going all the time. We're running from one thing to the next. That we don't have time for the important things of life. Another one of my P's is priorities. In case time runs out, you know. One of the things that you have to see and understand is that we cannot, we cannot lie to ourselves how important it is for us to be children, when that we be present, that we be there, that we be there for those children when they're growing up, those grandchildren when they're growing up, that it's so important for that, the, us not to, to lie to ourselves and, and say that, you know, that, that well, we just, we just, started a business, and I don't have time. 
that that my children just we just had a new baby and and when she gets in kindergarten there'll be more time or better yet that you know what we got a grandson and you know he as soon as he gets out of college we'll have more time the other day I was witnessing somebody that was their response we're going to come to your church pastor just as soon as our my grandson finishes college and you know what? We're marked with this fatigue. Even we work 50 weeks a year and we have two weeks vacation, but only to do this, to run from place to place on a time clock. We've got to be there. We've got to meet our reservations and we cannot be late and only just to get more tired that we don't have time, that we don't have time. In 1964, there was a, a man his name was Harry Chapman, 1974, and he wrote this powerful song. It was entitled, The Cats in the Cradle. He said, my child arrived just the other day, and he came to the world in the usual way. But there was planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while he, he learned to walk while he, I was away, and he was talking before I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, I'm going to be just like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be just like you? And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know we'll have some good time then. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, no, not today. I got a lot to do. He said, that's okay, Dad. And he walked away, but his smile never dimmed. It said, I'm going to be just like him. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be just like him. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but you know we're going to have a good time then, Dad. Well, he come home from college just the other day, so much like a man. I just had to say, son, I'm so proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and he said with a smile, what I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car key. See you later. Can I have them, please? And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, son? Oh, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know we'll have a good time then. Well, I've long since retired. My son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could just find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle, and the kids have the flu. But it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, Dad, I don't know when. But we'll get together then, Dad. We'll have a good time then. Do you hear what I'm saying? You hear the cry of that little nine-year-old girl? You hear the cry of the, the words of that songwriter? To the family of God, to me and you as parents, grandparents, as responsible factors to build honor into a society that is honorless, to minister and raise up men and women of God that know him, that understand Here's another one of my P's. That prioritize him. That he is first place. He's most important. 
It's so important that we understand. It's so important that we understand. This message is not about a young couple, 20 to 25, 30 years old, raising a couple children, and they're brand new. It's about all of us. It's about the family of God. It's about our responsibility. Can I give you another P? That we've got to be the pattern. That we've got to be the pattern. We cannot be the exception to the rule. We've got to become the rule. We've got to become the pattern, the role model. Titus chapter 2, verse 7. It says, in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. In other words, once again, it's not enough to say it. I've got to live it. I've got to be it. They've got to see it in me. I preached this message last, uh, last year at my uh, pastor's church. There was about 2,200 people there that day. When, when we got finished sharing some of those, those simple thoughts, and they had run into service, and so we had to get out of one into the other. Well, they couldn't hardly get the people out of the church building because they were crying, and they were, they were broken. God spoke to them. God ministered to them. That Before I ever give an altar call, they came to the altar. And listen, they were saying, that, listen, I want to do something about it while there is still time. If this is going to be our time, I've got to do something with my time. I can't waste it. I cannot let other people steal my time. I've got to, listen, I've got to put them first place. Two young ministers out of the ARC conference, they went to see Billy Graham before he passed away. They went to his house. They had 10 minutes with him. And then while they, they were there, that they, they uh, uh, said, Billy Graham, would you pray for us? One of the things he said, I will after you pray for me. They thought, what can we pray for him? This is Billy Graham. I mean, he's almost God. He, you know, what can we pray? He said that I want to finish my course with joy. You know what, church? If we're going to finish our course with joy, it's going to, listen, it's going to embrace my wife, my children, my parents, my grandparents. It's going, to, it's, going to, it's going to embrace my pastors, my apostles, prophets in my life. It's going to embrace that brother I sit with in, in, in the funeral home. It's going to embrace my sisters and brothers that lead us in worship. It's going to embrace everybody that put in the spectrum of life does help me to do one thing, and that is to parent myself and in doing so be able to be the role model, the pattern of good work works. Titus said this in another translation, and show your own self in all respects as a pattern and model of good deeds, works, teaching, uh, 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 what is unadulterated, showing gravity. Another translation says, you must be an example. You must. If this church is going to have all the prophecies that's been spoken of it about growth and increase and, and the effectiveness and the influence that it's supposed to have, it's got to have integrity and it's got to have honor. And we cannot have that if there's no nurture and admonition as the plumb lines of Christianity. We need this in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You think, listen, think about this. A survey was taken a few years ago, <coughs> and they said 1,300,000 children run away from home every year. One, almost one and a half million children 
run away from home. <clears throat> then they took a survey of mid-America, of people just like me and you. And they said, what is our children using to cope with life's problems? Out of that survey, there was 54 answers that predominantly came up. Number one was music. Number one was music. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Me, as a, ch- as a child, as a son, and as a parent, I still use praise and worship to help me cope with life's problems. Can I have a better amen than that? But understand this, our teenagers, they're using music. Our children are using music. I got a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old, both girls. And listen, they, have, they, have, they know all the words to all the songs, the, the worldly songs and the Christian songs. But we've got, listen, we've got to, we've got to stay with them and, them, and we've got to help them and pat, be the pattern, the example they need to be able to do, choose the right songs that will make them the right kind of people they're supposed to be. Amen? It's so important. So number 54, number one was what? It was songs. Number 31 was mom. Number 45 was dad. Our kids go to moms. My boys, or my, I got a 49-year-old, and I got a 45-year-old. You know who they call every day? Every single day. No matter if we home or made a, if it work or on the road now, no matter where we're at, they call, guess who? Mom. And they'll talk to dad, but they call mom. Hello? These guys, I mean, they knock a home run out of the ballpark. And they say, hey, mom. Do you understand? 45 was dead. You know what was number 54? Pastors, counselors, and teachers. It says something. We have a problem with communication. We have a problem with integrity and honor. Billy Graham, they asked him if there was anything that we could do to change. You could do to change. Go back and, and change. What would it be? He said, number one, I would pray more. Number two, I would spend more time with my family. Parenting and pattern. Parenting and pattern. Parenting, I will be a parent as long as I have breath. I'm one of those, I'm one of those sons. I'm a child. My wife's still raising me, but understand this. Hey, listen, I am a father, and I'm a father to fathers. You, you have a pastor that's not just a pastor, but he is a father. He has a father's heart. Next week's Father's Day, you ought to lavish him with love, appreciation, exhortation. Give him a few bucks, too. You understand what I'm saying to you? Listen. Going to church is not enough. Going to church is not enough. I love the story about Saintly Samuel. But listen, the thing was, he was raised up with Eli the priest. And he seen that Eli had forsaken, forgotten because of his earth responsibilities and duties. He missed the, op- the opportunity of the moment to raise his children and guess what? Saintly Samuel said, I'm not going to let that happen. But because he saw that, he lived that. And because he lived that, his children went without what they needed for their livelihood as well. It's so important. Going to church is not enough. We, we have to go to the ball games with them. 
We have to go to the to the the concert with them. We have to go to the to the. the you got to watch Hallmark and Gunsmoke. You understand? <laughs> ah, hallelujah. First time y'all clapped today. Praise the Lord. Because why? We're building values. Values are caught just as much as taught. I mean, listen, they need to hear it, but you know what? They've got to see it. Values. Let me tell you something. I wrote down just a few. What's some of the values that we as parenting need to do? The integrity of God's Word. The inte- how special this book is. How powerful this book is. How important this book is. That, listen, thank God for all of the... the, the, the I got a cell phone with 90 flavors of Bible on it, but it doesn't match this. This is God to me. This is the presence of God. This is the power of God. This is where I got saved in this book. This is where I got healed in this book. This is where I saw the first miracle in this book. This is where I built seven churches in this book. I'm telling you right now, this, they, they got to see the power, of the integrity of the book. Man, what time, what time did I start? What time do I need to go? I know hamburgers. Can we just bring it in? No, just playing, just playing. Hey, listen, how to get saved. Our grandchildren, our girls, 10 and 12, they just went to camp, had an awesome camp. They come back. They wanted to stay. First thing they told Dad, we got saved. He said, baby, I won you to the Lord two years ago. Their response was, Dad, you didn't do it right. (laughs) Hello. But they don't want to. I'll take that every day over the fact that, Dad, you did not think about it. I want my kids to say, I want my grandkids to say, I want to be just like you. Woo-wee. Woo-wee. Can I just share something here? I'm not going to share a picture. My, my oldest son, 49 years old, he said, Dad, you're the biggest cat in the jungle, God's favorite son and God's favorite servant. Dad, you're a leader of cities. You're a revelation. Of, you, you have great revelation. You're a counselor to the kings. Your intercession is a conduit for the universe. Be encouraged today, Dad, because if the line maker be for you, then no man, no thing, no sickness, no devil can come against you, Dad. I'm so proud and humbled to be called your son and you're my daddy. 49 years old. <laughs> Ow. You hear what I'm saying to you? This is what we need. If we're going to moonwalk in this universe, you better have a little bit of this. Listen, what about the value to forgive and receive forgiveness? We're marked. The church is marked with such bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. Hey, how to pray. We need to teach our kids how to pray. How to give and receive. How to worship. How to be thankful. How to be patriotic. Yes and amen. How to be, how to, what true love really is. Morals, ethics. How to show honor. Girls to be a homeowner. Boys to have a good work ethics. Somebody please say me amen to that. We have a lot of Young guys that come to work for, I don't need to go there. <laughs> but we need to teach this next generation, the, uh, listen, an important value is a good work ethic. Amen? Their dads have not, but we need to be, take that place. Not their place of their dad, 
but their place to parent them. Amen? Praise God. Another P is to do what? Be persistent and persevere. Don't quit. Don't give in. Don't give up, no matter what it looks like. You know the story about my son. A couple of you asked about my son. He preached last Wednesday night in our church. I'm telling you right now, we couldn't give up. One of the things I kept hearing in my soul is that keep the door open. Don't let the door, don't lock the door. Make sure that he knows that no matter in how uh, uh, drug dealing and, and, and drug use and no longer how long it was, nine years of doing that, just keep the door open. And you know what happened? One time after nine years, Belinda says, you know, tell him one more time, let us help. I walked out there and he said, and he said to me, I said, son, let me help you. He said, dad, you can't help me and your God can't help me. But 30 minutes later, almost before I got to work, he was calling me. He said, dad, if you'll come get me. In 30 minutes, he was stoned. In 30 minutes, in 30 minutes, he was facing life and death. Understand this. Life's all about choices, and we're helping them make the right choices or wrong choices every day. Not that moment, every day. He said, Dad, can you come get, if you come get me, I'll help, I'll, that, I'll let you help me. And we went and got him, brought him home. And that next Sunday, I said, son, you can be late. You, you can come early. You can, you can sit by yourself. You can walk out early if you need to. But just understand, that's all I'm asking you to do is just come to church. Sit on the back row anywhere you want to, whatever you want to do. I told my elders, my deacons, I said, don't you touch him. I don't want you to pray for him. This is going to be God or this ain't. Amen. God's going to show up, listen, or it's not going to happen. His, his problem is bigger than you, bigger than your prayer, and sometimes bigger than your God because you don't know him the way you need to know him. So what happened? He walks to the altar before there was an altar call, and by the time the altar call was open, he's still at the altar shaking like a leaf, sweating profusely. But by the end of that 30, 40 minutes that he was there, he was completely delivered, set free from all the addictions of drugs of nine years Listen, God, God, God is a faithful God. Our God is a faithful God. We honor him, he'll honor his word. Can I have an amen? But you've got to persevere. You've got to persevere. You cannot give up. Proverbs 24, 10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Another translation says, you're a poor specimen. The first one is being a pattern. You're a poor specimen if you can't stand the pressure of adversity. Man, we need to stop this whining, griping, complaining, start worshiping and praising, start dancing before the Lord again, start kicking the cat. Hey, listen, it's time that we stand up and speak up and shout out the presence of God is going to visit my house. God's breakthrough is coming to my house. God's healing and deliverance is coming to my house. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm trying just to see what I can just not do here. <laughs> hallelujah. Hey, listen, you know, Jesus' first words was, I, my father, I must be about my father's business. Jesus' last words, Father, 
forgiven. Jesus' first words after resurrection, he says, uh, to my Father, unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and to your God. Jesus said prayers this way. Pray our Father, which art in heaven. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Sound like I'm from England or somewhere. I love that, though. All right. God is our That is so pitiful. Give me some water. I'm going to throw it on all of them. Listen, God is our Father. Amen. He's not the bellhop in heaven. He's our Father. Glory be to Jesus. And listen, let me give you another P. We need some powerful dads. We need some powerful saints. We need, listen, I, I don't care if you got an S on you. But you better have a J in your heart. You better have it in your mind. You better have it in your mouth. We need, listen, we need some saints that's not wimpy. We need, we need some saints that stand strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That have on the whole armor of God. I mean, we need some saints, listen, that's not after their will. They're after his will. My father's will to be done in the heaven and the earth. Amen. So we need some saints that, listen, that are strong in the character of Christ, that they're strong in love, they're strong in joy, they're strong in peace. Thank God for the joy of the Lord. Thank God for the peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank God for mighty men and mighty women of God. Miss Shirley, my Lord, the devil, when, the, when she wakes up, the devil, listen, he's bound to shake in his boots that this little woman of God, this powerful woman of God, she's awake another day. Raised wonderful children and now helping with the raising and training by example, by being a pattern to our grandchildren. Hallelujah. So, men, we need, listen, we need some dads. Wives, let your dad be the leader. Well, shoot foreign fuzzies. Okay. I just had to vent. Part of the problems that dads, listen, that you're waiting on your wife to say it's okay. Well, I'm telling you, God's already told you okay, that you're to be the leader of the home. That, listen, she will follow you as you follow him. That you live for him, that you honor him, that you be that honorable man of God. That guess what? That's what she's looking for. That's what she needs most. She didn't need a dominator or a dictator, but she does need a powerful man of God. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> One little boy, he said, Dad, he said, how much money do you make? Dad said, $20 an hour. He said, Dad, I need $11. Can you give me $11? He said, no, son. Made him mad, so he told him to send him to bed. He got to thinking about it. He said, you know what? I don't know. He's not like that. He wouldn't normally do that. I'm going to give him the $11. So he went in there where he was at in bed. <coughs> and he got the boy up and he said, I don't know what you want it for, but here it is, $11. He said, Dad, I got $9 in my piggy bank. Now I got $11. That's $20. I want an hour of your time. Church, I'm telling you right now, we need, we need to declare it's God's time. It's not just about me anymore. 
It, if I would have preached any other message, it would have been about me. But because I am walking in obedience and honor to my Father, guess what? This is all about Him. Amen. No matter how good it is, understand this. My obedience to Him makes it good. Do you understand? It's so important that we understand this. They took a survey in Cornell University. They asked dads across America. They said, dads, how much time do you think you spend with your children? Their answer across the board was about four hours a day. When they began to take uh, uh, the survey, they put little microphones on those little boys and girls. And then they found out that, listen, the answer was they came back. Dad said four hours a day. 37.9 seconds a day. What can you say about life to a little boy or girl with only 37.9 seconds a day? What can you say about God, about your pastor, about their grandparents, about that man that lives next door, about those important things in life? What can you say in 37.9 seconds a day? They thought four hours a day. But you know what? That also, that little microphone recorded that they spent 54 hours in front of the television or in front of their telephone. I'm telling you, that's the world we're living in. We've got to do something about it. We've got to take the responsibility, and we've got to listen. If we're going to be powerful, then we've got to be present. We've got to do that. Listen, dads, we've got to be providers. Let me just tell all the young ladies in here, don't you marry a man that will not work, that will not come home and bring home the bacon, so to speak, that will not be responsible to go to work every day and come home and take care of his family. It's so important. I mean, listen, man, we enforce this. And when we, when we do marital counseling, we enforce this. This is one of the hours that we spend talking to them about money management. Part of that is, is a good work ethic. And if they, we see some signs, guess what? But you know what? Same way with women. Many times I told a, a young couple a few years ago, I said, listen, she, you will, he, had a, he had a big savings build up. He was very uh, uh, few, frugal, frugal. Oh, man, that's a good word. Frugal. Sounds good coming out of your mouth. Frugal. He was, very, he was very frugal. He had money. He had an automobile. He had a home. I mean, it was just a blessing. And, and I told her, I said, I said she, has, she has no honor. She's going to rob you of everything you got. He said, he said, Pastor, but I love her. I said, you know what? That's one thing, but we've got to do something about this. And she's the one that's got to do it. You've got to lead her in it and, and so on and so forth. They wind up, I, listen, I made them move the time of the marriage. I am the priest of the Lord that stands between the porch and the altar. I have a responsibility for this. I'm parenting them. And you know what happened? In a few months, they got married. And then after that, in the first year, in the first year, in the first six months, he didn't have a penny to his name. He had credit cards that was in his name that he did not, he did not know about. And they were all maxed out. She left him in the seventh month of the marriage. This is time that, understand, there's got to be a responsibility, listen, that we provide and that we're accountable for our provision. We're accountable for our provision. Can I have a good amen? amen. We've got to protect. It's so important that we've got to protect. We've got to protect 
our families. And we got to play. We got to enjoy life together. We've got to play. We've got, listen, there's there, work that's always going to be there, but there's got to be times where we play, where we go to the movies, that we, that we have a, a date night, that we enjoy one another. You know, me and Blenda's gotten to that age and that there are people that we see just about weekly and definitely monthly and at the movies and at restaurants and so on and so forth, and we're laughing and we're cutting up. And, and, and the, you know, people are starting to recognize us, and we're in a big city that we don't even live in, and we're, we're, doing, we're, we're enjoying life together. I didn't marry her to go off with the boys. I married her to live with her till Jesus gets back. We've got to play. Everybody say play. And we've got to praise. There's got to be a praise in our homes. There's got to be a praise in our, in, our, in our automobiles. I mean, listen, there's got to be, and understand, with that comes encouragement like no other. Setting an atmosphere for praise, moving to high worship. Listen, when the praises go up, what happens? The glory comes down. Thank you so much, you good preachers. And listen, there's got to be rewards, and that's called promise. There's got to be rewards. There's got to be rewards. God gives the promise. Jesus says yes, and we, our job is to say amen. There's got to be promises. That we're claiming those promises from God, that we're claiming those promises from each other. We make promises to one another, and we keep those promises. You know why? Because we're a people of honor. And listen, I, I, I'm leaving just a whole lot out, but understand this. we got to be a people of prayer. We've got to be a people of prayer. We, it's, I have a responsibility to pray for Belinda. I have a responsibility to pray for Pastor Brett and Miss Lisa. I have a responsibility to pray for this church, this family. I have other churches like you as well. I have a responsibility. This is part of my parenting. This is who I am. This is what I do. That if I neglect you, reject you, because, listen, not because I didn't spend time with you, but that I didn't pray for you, I missed it. I missed it. We have 21 days of fasting in, in the beginning of the year. But you know what? In the middle of the year, we have 21 days of fasting. And we do that for a sole purpose, that we stay on track, that we stay in the lane of being people that are honorable in our prayer life for each other. So it's important. It's so important. It's so important that we be a people of prayer. I want you to close your eyes. You may be here and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come in your heart and save you. He is a father. He is a good, good father. We sing songs about him. They write poems about him. They paint pictures about him because he's such a loving, merciful, gracious, good father. You may be here today and you need to come to, into a relationship with that heavenly father. His arms are open wide. He said, come. Come, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He gives promises. He gives protection. He gives provision. He gives destiny and direction. He's there for you. He's there to give you himself completely, to pour himself out in your life. You may be here today, and you just don't know which ends up, what way to go. I'm telling you, he is a way maker. He is the God of the universe. 
He created all things by the word of his power, and he upholds all things by the same power of his word. If you miss the opportunity of the moment, you will miss the moment of opportunity. What I'm saying is you can't keep putting this off. It may have been last week that you said the same thing. I'll wait till the next time. It might have been last year. I'll wait till the next time. No man knows when the next last time is. But this I know today. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Today's the day that you can meet God face to face. All your sins be wiped away. Your nicotines removed as far as the east from the west, never to be remembered again. God will heal you from the inside out. He will restore to you the dreams and passions of yesterday. Our God, our Father, which art in heaven. That's the God I want to introduce you to. If that's you, will you just lift your hand right where you're sitting? said, I don't know that man. I don't know that person. But I want to know him. I don't want to leave here without him. I want him to go with me from this day forward. I want him to parent me. I want to be his son. I want to be his daughter. This may be the best invitation I've ever given, but I'm telling you right now, it's only because he's here for you. That he loves you. He wants you. He wants to help you. He wants to give you promises that is beyond your imagination. If that's you. You may be here today and you said, I know God is my Father. I know Jesus is my Lord. I know the Holy Spirit is my helper. But I have not been faithful. And I have wandered away. I've gone astray. I've gone the wrong way. But today, I want to come back. I want to make a decision for him once again. I want to call him God, my Father. Jesus, my Lord and Redeemer. And the Holy Spirit, my healer. I want him. I need him. I say yes to him. If that's you, will you lift your hand? You're away, but you want to come close. I see that hand. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Listen, God's watching too. Understand this. This is, this is private. This is between you and him. But understand, you have to not just say. You have to do. You have to respond. He's looking for you. He's looking for the attitude of your heart to change. He said, repent. And the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. If this is you, raise your hand. So right now, Father, for this precious person that raised their hand, we, we ask you for mercy. We ask you for forgiveness. We ask you to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you. That's your promise. That if we would call on your name, you would hear. And you would save. And you would heal. And you would set free. So we receive mercy. We receive forgiveness. We receive the fulfillment of your promise. And we give you all the praise. In the powerful, awesome name of Jesus Christ. 
we give you thanksgiving today. God, you're my Father. Say it out loud. God, you are my Father. Say it again. God, you are my Father. I'm not ashamed of you. You are my Father. God, you are my Father. Jesus, you are my Lord. Holy Spirit, you're my helper. You're my comforter. You are my intercessor. You're the one that stands with me and stands for me. Holy Spirit, you're the baptizer. Jesus, you are my brother. And God, you are my, say it out loud, you are my father. Say it again. You are my father. Stand up and say it out loud. God, you are my father. Say it again. You are my father. Legacy, you're going to know that God is your father. Jesus is your Lord and your brother. And the Holy Spirit is your comforter, keeper. Because God, God, our God is our Father. Say it out loud. God, you are my Father. Say it again. You are my Father. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you, Brother Brett. <laughs> Who is God? Father. Who is He? Father. Was He yesterday? Will He be tomorrow? Yeah. When you ask Him who He is, He said, I am that I am that I am. I was. I always will be. I am your Father. God says, I'm your Father. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.